Welcome to Catholic Conversations. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today, I'm giving you part one of a two-part episode with three members of TFP Student Action. Uh, the TFP Student Action, for those who do not know, they're a group or of, a, of men that fight the cultural battle. They defend traditional marriage, the rights of the unborn, they battle communism, and not only do they do this, but they also spread devotion to Our Lady of Fatima. They're in charge of America Needs Fatima, if you've ever heard of that. Um, And we are also going to be talking about all this and more on the podcast today. The interview ended up being almost two hours long, so I'm going to split it up into two episodes. The first episode is what you are listening now, and next week I'll release part two of the interview. And so you have to listen to this episode because you're going to hear about abortion, transgenderism, homosexuality, masculinity, Our Lady, and so much more. Uh, You do not want to miss this episode. It's going to be a great time. I really enjoyed uh, talking with these guys. They're um, very interesting people, very holy people. They love Our Lady and love our church. Um, And so I know you will get something out of this out of this episode. And um, let me throw you in here now and then I will come back in a second to let you know uh, some other details about what's going on. Welcome to Catholic Conversations. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And today I'm talking with Tradition Family Property Student Action Group, um, and that's TFP for short. And so we're going to talk to them today about um, what exactly is the the TFP and um, and who they are. And because a lot of times I hear people uh, tell me that these uh, there's some kind of radical group that uh, hates people and this and the other. And so uh, I want to dispel that myth a little bit and then talk about what their mission is and how they're um, out here to try to help the church and um, and try to save souls, bring them to Our Lady, bring them to Our Lord. And that kind of thing as well. So we'll be talking about different topics relating to tradition, family, property, and um, and that sort of thing, the origin of it, things like that. Uh, so, hey guys, How you doing? Adrian, thank you for thank you us. for having us. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so. Um, to start off, the first thing I'm curious about um, is, uh, well, first, let's start an introduction. So y'all each want to do a brief introduction of who y'all are. Um, yeah, so my, I'm Cesar Franco. Mm-hmm. Zachariah Lawn. Yeah. I'm Evan Owell. Awesome. And so uh, the what is the TFP exactly? Like, wh- when did it start and where did it come from? And how are y'all here in Houston, uh, amongst other places? It's a great question, and thank you, Adrian, for giving us an opportunity to talk about that. Pretty much the uh, the TFP, uh, we're obviously we're a civic organization uh, under of Catholic inspiration, and we we defend those three principles in society: tradition, family, and property, because we believe very firmly uh, and very enthusiastically in Christian civilization. A lot of the things that we have today that are very beautiful, they come to us; they're fruit of our holy Catholic faith and her influence in society. So we think of like things like, you know, universities, we think of things like beer or wine or, you know, you know, the perfection of a lot of these different things. It was a fruit of Christian civilization. So uh, we're, we're very much about that. Now, um, the, uh, the TFP in the United States was first started in 1973. Um, so we've already been around for some time here in the States. And already very early on, uh, we were fighting against, uh, you know, all these things that are attacking the family today. Uh, against, uh, we were resisting abortion, resisting uh you know, communism, uh, socialism, and uh, of, uh, of course, uh, we have many different centers throughout the country. So uh, how we came to Houston is just, well, it was organic. Uh, you know, we have, a, we have a center in Lafayette, and it's not too far from there, uh, so we can mutually support each other. And uh, 
really the TFP, uh, since we're like a, our founder, Professor Plinio, he was from Brazil, and he wanted very much to start an order of chivalry. Uh, so that was his idea. He wanted an order of chivalry. So in other words, a movement of Catholic laymen that would uh, peacefully and legally uh, would fight to defend our holy Catholic faith and her principles, her Catholic social teaching in society as laymen. And uh, so um, we, uh, you know, we're here. So why why tradition, family, property? Why those mm-hmm. three things particularly? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a wonderful question. Tradition, family, and property. Uh, there's, it's a, it's. He wanted to have what we fight for in our name. Mm-hmm. So, those are actually the three pillars of Christian civilization. So, tradition, those good things that we receive from the generations before us, and we pass on to our, the generations after us. So that includes all good customs. No, like for example, Christmas. Right. Uh, Christmas is a Catholic tradition. No, the way we celebrate it with mm-hmm. those beautiful Christmas carols. And so, in, in fact, we actually do have a campaign defending Christmas. Oh, wonderful. Keep, yeah, keep okay. Christ in Christmas. For, so that, that's under uh, the T in TFP. Yeah, that's okay. right. But also our faith. Uh, our faith is something that we pass on from generation to generation. No? Mm-hmm. How did you receive your faith? From my parents. That's right. Exactly. The same with all of us. And so if our parents, if we're not passing on the faith to the next generations, how are they going to receive it? Mm-hmm. So above all, we defend the faith. We resist blasphemy. We resist satanic, same-sex, you know, these uh, satanic black masses and Satanism that have been appearing. And in fact, uh, Mr. Zach or Mr. Evan can tell you here in Houston, uh, when the Temple of Satan opened up, uh, we were actually active in fighting that. That's right. And uh, in Spring, Texas, uh, I think it was in 2015, uh, there was a local chapter opening up, uh, Old Town Spring. I think it was even maybe around Christmas time. But um, they're opening up a, a temple, uh, Temple of Lucifer. Lucifer. Yeah. Temple wow. of Lucifer. Temple right of Lucifer. On the, right on the Broadway, basically, in Broadway in Spring, Springtown, Texas. I think wow. that was uh, even before we had uh, our regional center here in Houston. But, um, but of course, anytime something like this takes place, it's a very public uh, offense against God or a public blasphemy, then uh, the TFP and its America Needs, Fata Cam- uh, America Needs Fatima campaign are very active in fighting against it and making public reparation to God. So uh, when this happened, um, we, uh, we, of course, we called all of our friends in the area to try and gather them together. And uh, how, many, how many people did we have in the crowd? Oh, it was like uh, yeah, the first rally. We did several rallies. The first one was like 100, mm-hmm. 70 to 100. And, um, and it's incredible because one thing that we constantly hear is that these protests, uh, they don't do any good. Right. Yeah. I hear that um, all the time. And sometimes I do too. Whenever I go to places and do these rallies, sometimes I feel like I'm like, is this actually doing yeah, anything? Yeah. Right. Am I accomplishing yeah, anything? Or am right. I just wasting time making myself feel better? Yeah. One of the things you hear is that, um, you're, you're actually, you're not doing any good and you're actually giving them publicity. Mm-hmm. So you should stop. You should not go out in public. You know, you shouldn't pray, but we have proven that time and time again, that is false. Uh, and this is a perfect example. This temple of Lucifer, we went, we were out in public, we were praying, making reparation. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a month later that this temple of Lucifer is shut down. Wow. Had to close up, mm. close up shop. And so, so what do y'all do at these rallies? Do y'all just like yell at them and shout at them? No, 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 no. no. Okay. Okay. What, so what do y'all do? It's a uh, very strong presence. You know, it's not a, uh, but peaceful and legal, of course, um, stay within the law. But nevertheless, strong. So we don't want to give the impression that we're we're there to be bullied. We're there to be pushed around. But also, we're we're there to stand up for the faith. 
you know, not to, not to cave in. And, um, so yeah, no, there's no screaming, no, no shouting, pray the rosary. The rosary is obviously the super strong weapon, powerful prayer. Um, that's our main, our main prayer is the rosary. So when, so when you're out there praying the rosary, do you think that that is a, is a key, uh, tool that y'all use to try to, uh, shut down places like this? Key. Absolutely. Oh yeah. It's like our, uh, our, our 50 caliber in our arsenal, you know, the big, the big gun, you could say. So, yeah. so do y'all like, uh, it, do you think it would be nearly as effective if you are just out there with signs, um, versus praying the rosary? No, 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 definitely not, not nearly. Yeah. No, there, there are times where, where we will, depending on, it depends on what's going on. Like we will do like what we call in the TFP street campaigns and there's not really conditions for like an organized rosary. But when we do our rallies, uh, it's it's like kind of like a it's a very TFP approach. We do what we call the Rosary Rally protest, and uh, thanks be to our Blessed Mother, you know the Rosary. When Catholics come together and they pray the Rosary with intensity, with conviction, uh, and in spirit of reparation, it's very effective. Uh, we have a track record of victories for our Rosary rallies. For example. Um, um, just uh, for the people who listen to this, uh, there was a blasphemy, just a, we have one of many, but I'm just going to give this example. In Santa Fe, New Mexico, uh, there was a blasphemy of Our Lady of Guadalupe. It was an attack on Our Lady's purity. And uh, the author of this piece of art between a million quotes, uh, Alma Lopez was her name. And she painted Our Lady of Guadalupe in a bikini. Mm. Wow. Yeah, mm. so Disgusting. horrible. Very horrible. <clears throat> And so uh, our founder, Professor Plinio, he was a crusader. And as a man, as a layman, and as a crusader, uh, it was very much his attitude, you know, like the saints of the past. Well, we're just going to allow something like this to take place and be quiet. We're going to stay hidden indoors and do nothing uh, or just pray, pray behind closed doors. This is a public offense against Our Lady. Right. Mm-hmm. So Professor Plinio's influence, the TFP, we, uh, we go to the place just like Our Lady. She gave us the example going to the foot of the cross and we pray the rosary. And we uh, we do we hold our signs and pray the rosary and we're like Mr. Zach said strong firm peaceful calm uh, and uh, respectable mm-hmm. uh, very uh, very calm reasonable approach and we shut that blasphemy down let me tell you it was supposed to go through uh, museums throughout the country they didn't want to touch it with a ten foot pole mm-hmm. and there are countless examples of victories just like that one wow nobody wants bad publicity right <laughs> yeah, that's right. right you know. Yeah, they say that uh, no publicity is bad publicity, but apparently that's not true, huh? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Wow. So the other thing is um, whenever y'all are um, there, so uh, if y'all are trying to to, uh, leaflet and you're trying to pass out things, how do y'all like approach the people uh, whenever you're talking to? Mm -hmm. Very, very, uh, very polite, you know, Um, just telling them what it's about. You know, hello, we're here defending life, pro-life or... Uh, you know, our flyer will say 10 reasons in defense of traditional marriage, the way God made it. Yeah. Um, just tell them what the issue is about. And if they engage in argument and de- in debate, then we're more than willing to argue logically, calmly, mm-hmm. uh, right. because we have the truth on our side. So mm-hmm. right. in, the, in the case of our, our university campaigns, when we go onto a, a campus, um, we, we have a, an approach which is taking a principled and not a personal stand so on all of these uh, these hot button issues that are being discussed on campus nowadays, we're not going there um, just out of emotion or out of uh, you know a personal motivation, but we're going there out of principle. Mm-hmm. You know, we we believe in an absolute truth. We believe in a moral moral law that gives stability um, and is to the benefit of the common good of society. And 
these issues are undermining that stability. They're, they're doing great harm to a society. So we, we want to fight against that, but not out of uh, personal uh, hatred or contempt out of principle. Right? So how do y'all stay calm whenever people like, for instance, um, well, for one, like just the idea of like abortion and some of these egregious things that you see at these different rallies, whether it be for traditional marriage or for life. Um, how do y'all stay calm with the a concept of it? of like not getting upset that people are being murdered like a hundred feet away from you. And uh, how do you stay calm whenever people are verbally attacking you as an individual or, um, or like throwing things at y'all spitting at y'all? How do y'all stay calm in that, in those situations? It's a wonderful question, Adrian. Uh, there's a, and I think uh, the answer has a couple different aspects. Uh, one of them is, as Mr. Revan said, we never make it personal. So we're not out there for ourselves. We're out there for our Lord and our lady. So, if something's happening against you, like, for example, Mr. Zach was at Brown University uh, and then, uh, when we were doing a traditional marriage campaign there. And they had about uh, how many? Uh, it was 150, 200 mad lesbian homosexuals. Wow. <laughs> that, yeah. They were yelling at the TV Oh, yeah, members. they were mad, screaming. Yeah. And there's actually a video of it online. And, and uh, it was a tremendous calm that you see on the TFP members, uh, especially the TFP Student Action Director, Mr. John Ritchie. But... Uh, you know, to be calm in a circumstance like that, you could see the police, they were very nervous. I don't know. The police were nervous. The police wanted us to leave. I mean, they were supportive, but they thought the situation was going to blow. They thought something bad, really bad was going to happen. So one of the students spat in your face, didn't, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Several of us, one student, uh, tore up a flyer and then ate it and then spat it out. (laughs) Uh, and then, uh, Pretty yeah, bad. He must have been <laughs> very high level of intelligence. Though. He was he was having a low fiber that day. <laughs> yeah, maybe he needed. <laughs> um, and then and then myself, I was uh, I was they, I was spat at. So they spat right in your in my face. So, but uh, yeah, but yeah, like Mr. Says, I was saying, you have a level. You have calm. So how do you not like punch that guy in the face when he spits you in right. spits in your Good face? Question. Good mm-hmm. question. You have to realize that. Um, we're we're not only we're not only doing that campaign or that action for the people that are present there, but um, we, we of course we have cameras where we're filming. You know, we want uh, not only to influence the people in the immediate vicinity, but also to well afterwards we'll we'll write up an article what happens. We'll publish a video, and um, it it ultimately does much more good uh, to to make that comparison between our behavior, our actions. And those of those of the others that are protesting against us, right? So, um, I don't know if, if I'm, I'm making it clear, but by by giving that good impression of uh, of calm, of respectability, and then really unmasking these these the agenda and the uh, the, the behavior of the hatred of the left of yes. whatever it is that we're we're facing. We're, we're doing much more good than if we were just to get into a street brawl, if we were to just let loose and, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. It's it's also a grace. Uh, the TFP members, part of our code of conduct on on campaign. So as you see, it's multifaceted. It's not just one thing. It's it's a, it's multi, a number of different things. Uh, but Professor Plinio was one of the rules of a, of a TFP member when we're doing our public action. We're always praying internally. So while you're leafleting, you're smiling, or you're, you're engaging in discussion internally, we're constantly praying to the angels and to the saints to help us. And so that grace helps us to do what is most necessary, which is to be calm in the face of a, of a belligerent, uh, yelling, spitting, uh, uh, 
opposition who's trying to intimidate us and scare us into leaving. Mm-hmm. And of course, as crusaders, as uh, as 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 Catholic, Catholic men, knights, yeah. uh, knights modern day knights, uh, no, calm in the face of fire, as it were, or will or, or calm in the face of danger. That has to be our trademark mm-hmm. right. because we're Catholic. We love our Lord and Our Lady. We have the truth. We have nothing to fear. Right. And it's not about us. It's about our Lord and Our Lady. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching. Um, oh, so real quick before I go on further, a question that uh, I've heard some people say, they say, oh, yeah, those guys, they're not even Catholic. They're um, they're like some kind of like a splinter group. They're schismatics or this <laughs> and the other. So wow. are you all Catholic? <laughs> uh, I'm a Catholic. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Oh, no, go to mass every Sunday. Yes, I mean, what, uh-huh. And y'all are in communion with Rome, right? Of course. Oh, yes. 100%. 100%. It's, it's actually a very good question. The, uh, of course, our enemies, they, they, uh, they can't stop us. So they do these slander campaigns or calumnies and things. Uh, the TFP members. So we're a civic organization, like I explained. And so, and in that way, wherever the TFP members live, we're laymen. So we fall under the local bishop or the local uh, ordinary, uh, just as you do, Adrian, or right. as somebody mm-hmm. who lives in their diocese. Like so, all lay people. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like all lay people because we're laymen. Yes, absolutely. So yes, we're Catholic uh, and uh, we love our holy Catholic faith. In fact, uh, the TFP, uh, we organize uh, every October, uh, the Saturday closest to October the 13th, which is the miracle of the sun. That's mm-hmm. the anniversary of the miracle of the sun. We do what's called the public rosary crusade. And by Our Lady's grace and the and the fervor of, of many American Eats Fatima members that are out there, we organized last year 20,000 public rosary wow. rallies across America and even outside of wow. America now. Mm-hmm. And we're praying uh, for the triumph of Our Lady's Immaculate Heart and making reparation for the sins of our nation. So if that's not enough to, not to, convince, <laughs> uh, to convince somebody I that of Catholicity, <laughs> then I, I don't know. By your fruits, uh, you shall know them, right? right? Yes. So, mm-hmm. And if you do, if I could just say, if you do ever hear that, that, that lie, that idea about TFP, I strongly urge go to our website, tfp.org. Mm-hmm. And like Mr. Sazar was saying, look up our activities. We have a list of things we do there. And y'all pray for the Pope, right? Oh, we do. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. And so the, um, and the, talking about the American Needs Fatima, what is like, how, what is American Needs Fatima in relation to TFP? How does that work exactly? Is yeah, that that's, like that's just pretty common? Yeah. It's a very good question. Um, American Needs Fatima is the largest activity or campaign of the American TFP. It's gotten so big that you, it's it's almost like an organization unto itself. Yeah, because I know a lot of people uh, thought that y'all are two different. There was two different organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yes. how does that work exactly? Yes. So um, America needs Fatima. Is uh, you could say it's a very specific activity of ours where we primarily focus on the Fatima home visits, the Fatima home visitation program, where we take a, a large statue of Our Lady of Fatima. It's a copy of one of the originals that was carved under the direction of Sister Lucia in the uh, in the 1930s, and we travel. Uh, we'll visit uh, families' homes all throughout a certain certain area uh, in order to spread the message of Our Lady of Fatima, and uh, also to introduce people to the activities of America Needs Fatima. Um, so besides uh, besides America Needs Fatima. We also have other, you know, we have TFP student action. So each each one of our activities focuses on a different, you could say a different aspect. TFP student action focuses on universities, you know, American East Fatima, spreading the devotion to Our Lady that is so important to our fight, to our to our times. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> There's actually um, 
uh, also part of the the Fatima home visitation is that because society, we defend family, no? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we defend family. Uh, the family is the bedrock of society. And society is made up of family. So, okay, we see the, the, the family being assaulted by a tsunami of evil mm-hmm. today. Everything from immorality on TV, all these abominations that a person can find in their pocket now on their smartphone, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> same-sex, quote-unquote, marriage, gender ideology, uh, all these things that are taking place, no? So... Obviously, there's a number of different ways that you can defend the family, but a very important way is the family praying together, praying the family rosary, growing in their devotion to the Blessed Mother. And so as laymen, mm-hmm. uh, as all, all lay people, there's this idea out there that, well, um, you know, sanctity is for the clergy. And as lay people, we're just for coffee and donuts. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you ever had this. So, yeah, my, my, my priest will be a saint, and you know, but I don't have to be a saint. You know, right. I, I don't have to strive for excellence. No, no, no. Well, even nowadays, we even say like, oh, you know, Father, he's just another man. He's just a man, just like everyone else. Yeah. And he doesn't have guys, to be holy. Right? Uh, like, no one right. has to be holy nowadays. Wow, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> even that's eroded now. Yeah. <laughs> so as if our Lord didn't say, be perfect like your heavenly Father is perfect. Mm-hmm. No. Right. Yeah. So that's a command for all of us. So as laymen, we promote devotion to the Blessed Mother. And uh, we, the family... Uh, if it is is so much under attack today, and so that's why we do our American Needs Fatima Apostolate, because bringing Our Lady to the home, getting the family to unite around Our Lady and around the Rosary, that is one of the most efficacious means of a family, uh, let's say, weathering the storm, weathering the storm yeah. that we're in. Because as you know, uh, we live in a world in crisis, and sometimes you know when you see things like Pachamamas mm. uh, in Catholic churches and in Rome and things like that, it's like, whoa, what's going on? So. We really need Our Lady more than ever. And that's, that's why the American East Fatima campaign is a campaign of the American TFP. It's just part of our another one of our many apostates, which is it's, very, it's our largest apostate. In fact, we we visit about 2000 homes a year. Wow. With our Fatima statues. It's right. wonderful. Mm-hmm. And like I said, 20,000 public rosary rallies all across America right. and, and now abroad as well. So, I mean, it's a, Our Lady's <clears throat> blessings and, you know, uh, it's a big movement. Very big. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. And the so finally getting to the P in uh and TFP. Why so it kind of makes sense. Tradition, family, but then property seems kinda of like out of left field. Like where did property come from? What's that what's that all about? Well, I uh you have to look at the history of the TFP, I think it'd be a good place to start. So when our founder, Professor Plinio, when he started the TFP, the the big evil of the times was socialism and communism. Uh, he founded the TFP in 1960. And so private property is directly contrary to socialism and communism. Mm. Um, and uh, it's extremely important. Property is extremely important. It's one of the pillars of a Christian civilization. A uh, man without his own property cannot, uh, can't raise his own family, cannot develop himself to become the person God made him to be. Right. Uh, property is extremely important. Absolutely. Karl Marx said, if you want to sum up the Communist Manifesto, it's the abolition of private property. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I just heard um, uh, uh, these, uh, these, these liberation theology, one of these big liberation theology, and kind of like an early eco-liberation uh, theology proponents, Bishop Casaldaliga from Brazil, he, he, was a pot, he, was a, he was like a liberation theology, but apparently he was a poet. Interesting. Probably coming from the region of Brazil he's from. There's some mm-hmm. regions that are very, uh, they have people gifted with poetry. Mm-hmm. And so one of his uh, poems, I just heard this last night because we, the TFP, we had a, 
Alexander Shugel, you know, the Pachamama Slayer, he's the Austrian. Oh, right, the, right, right. That's the right. Pachamamas into the Tiber. Well, he mm-hmm. was at the TFP Washington Bureau on Tuesday night. and He's uh, in Dallas today right now. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And he's a hero. We had like three or four days to uh, uh, get the uh, get the word out of that he was going to be speaking there. And it was our largest ever event. Wow. It was standing room only. And, uh, wow. you know, just talk about uh, a... a, a a, a popular, um, you know, enthusiasm uh, for uh, somebody standing up in defense of the First Commandment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reason I, I, I brought that up uh, was because, um, okay, so at that talk, Mr. James Bascom, he's one of our TFP directors of Student Action, uh, assistant director. He uh, he was quoting one of these poems of Bishop Kazal Daliga. You can see it online. I can, uh, uh, and he was saying, "Cursed be the time when fences were erected." Wow. Yes. This is <laughs> Bishop Kazaldaliga, like yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, cursed be the time when fences were erected, et cetera, et cetera. Why? Because they want to abolish private property. And uh That's interesting. He he mentioned fences because private property creates distinction in mm-hmm. society as well. It it it, it uh yeah. it forms borders, it forms uh definition in society. Right. So you have like rich, clear lines. Clear lines, you have definition. So today society you don't have definition. you have you don't have definition going from transgenderism, you know, this mixture between men and women, mm-hmm. which they try try to say is is real. It's really not. It's more, either man or woman. And then you have this destruction of distinction between social classes as well. Mm-hmm. The uh, you know you have leaders of state dressing uh, just like some some normal Joe Blow. Yeah, like and we had a Democratic uh, candidate that said yeah. uh, we need to have abortion rights for transgender men, which means. Or, or transgender women, or whatever that, whatever they said, man. where there was a a man who uh, who yeah. a woman who think or a man who thinks he's a woman, mm-hmm. we should have abortion rights for him. Yeah, it's like what? I, I didn't realize men could have abortions. Yeah. They, right. right, they can't. It's impossible. So no. private property uh-huh. is very important in creating and keeping this distinction and keeping this because your house is your house. Is you're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna decorate it differently than the other person. You're going if it's yours. If the state controls it, then you can't. They're going to mandate how you decorate it, how how you how you uh, build it, or whatever. It's like a giant homeowner homeowners association. Yeah, a giant, absolutely, it's horrible. <laughs> also, a lot of these these liberals, uh, a lot of these people, <clears throat> these progressivists. Um, one of the one of the one of the key uh, points of Catholic doctrine that they always conveniently forget or pretend doesn't exist is that original sin exists. Right. Mm -hmm. And man, as a result of original sin, we're not only inclined towards evil, but we're strongly inclined towards evil. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for example, that's why man takes the path of least resistance. So if if you don't have private property, uh, nothing gets taken care of. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Adrian, you have your house, you have your car, your truck. Right. Okay, so if your truck, uh, you you get a flat tire, who Mm -hmm. has to fix your your tire? I fix my tire. That's right, because it's your tire, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, it's yours. You have the responsibility of repairing it, et cetera. But when things become community property, so that's that's like a community truck. Anybody can use it whenever they want. It gets a flat tire. Well, you know, who's going to fix it? You know, breaks. If, yeah, <laughs> the next person, and then the next person. Right, no one's right. going to. until until it's completely until, like, until it's on <laughs> blocks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. So so private property, naturally speaking, it's natural. It flows from our human nature, and it gives us an incentive to improve ourselves, and and that's natural. That's well, normal. That reminds me of the uh, situation with the pilgrims when they came to America, and they were starving to death because they had a communal farming. And whenever during the communal farming, they would um, have people, everyone would pitch in however much, and then they would spread out the food to everyone, gets the equal amount of food, no matter how much you worked. 
And then all of a sudden, for some reason, people would stop working because they're like, oh, well, uh, Joe Blow over here is uh, now is is uh, only putting in one hour a day, whereas uh-huh. I'm putting in eight hours a day. Like, how is that fair? Right. And so I'm not going to work anymore. Uh-huh. And then so far, and then everyone stopped working, and so they started all dying because there was no food. Yep. Very yeah. interesting. And so they fixed that by saying, if you don't work, you don't eat. Yeah. And uh, and so everybody was making food for themselves. And um, and that's how they were able to survive. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's a, a perfect example of uh, why how communism goes wrong, even on a micro scale, like a small yeah. colony that just arrived in America. That, that's pretty remarkable with Thanksgiving coming up. Like uh. Uh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I perfect. I plan that perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> but but it does, Adrian. This is a very important point because I know that there'll be some viewers, especially if they if they're inclined to think along the lines of liberation theology or something, and say. No, but what about our Lord? What about the mm-hmm. what about the religious orders? You know, they they mm-hmm. take about That's a good poverty. Point. Yeah, mm-hmm. living community. Okay, and this or like is, you guys. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much. I mean, uh, we. Uh, okay, so going back to the religious orders. So the, the what the religious orders they um, uh, they give up a good, which is private property. So they're in other words, it's a good for a higher good, uh, which is to be entirely free. Uh, to to worship God. No, you think of the Franciscans; they take you know the vow of poverty very seriously, <clears throat> et cetera, et cetera. So uh, a, a a a religious community who takes a vow of private property, first of all, they depend on the support of people who have private property. Mm, that's uh, a good point. Yes. Uh, yeah. So who helps the Carmelites? Who helps the Franciscans? You know, they go begging on the door. So they're counting right. on people to. They're give mendicants. Up their, they beg. <coughs> that's mm-hmm. right. They're counting on people to give up their private property to help them. So they're voluntarily giving up a good. Okay, that's very important. Now, <clears throat> there are some people, <coughs> excuse me, who say that our Lord Jesus Christ was the first communist. Whoa. Oof. I don't, have you ever heard that? <laughs> yes, I, I have heard that a few times. <laughs> and, and that is a blasphemy. That is a blasphemy. How dare they say that? Our Lord Jesus Christ is true God and true man. He is the author of the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. That's right. And two of the Ten Commandments defend private property. Mm. Thou shalt not steal property. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods property. So to say that our Lord is a communist, the first communist, you think of this communist movement. First of all, communism is atheistic. That's right. Mm -hmm. Secondly, it promotes class struggle because it's motivated by envy. You know, you hate your neighbor because he has something more than you do, or you hate your neighbor because he 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 makes more than you do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Someone told me that the the uh, the difference between communism and and like the uh, the American system is that when an American sees someone with a nice car, they say, "Wow, I'm going to work hard and get me one of those." Yeah, yeah. Whereas in a communist system, they say, "Wow, I, I can't believe that person has that. I wish they didn't have that." Yeah, it no creates a culture that. of thieves. Mm-hmm. Right. Essentially, they want to steal from yeah, that they person. Say, that's they that's my car. Yeah, yeah. Right, and that's not Catholic because mm-hmm. the good Catholic, we're happy when God blesses our neighbor with something that we don't have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether yeah. it be talents, that's right. Whether it be possessions, whether it be what have you. So the good Catholic, we we should be happy when God blesses our neighbor with something that's good that we don't have. And if we hate him <clears throat> because he has something that we don't have, or we're angry at him because he has something we don't have, that's actually the sin of 
Envy. Mm, we yeah. have to go to confession for that. Yeah, one of the seven deadly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's very interesting. They all say that. So, what do y'all like? And whenever someone tells you, well, you know, like communism um, sounds bad because you know you have like so the Soviet Union, Venezuela, things like that. But you know, communism just hasn't been tried out um, the right way. <laughs> how many more times do we have to try it until uh, you know? How many, how many millions more of millions people of people will have to, to die? die. Mm-hmm. Sixty-four million people died in Russia because of the communist revolution. Uh, I think over a hundred million, 120 million in China mm. died uh, because of communism. Yeah, one of the so, first to go, or what? The Catholics. Yes, yeah, yes, of course they uh, because they're they're against this uh, the social classes. Um, they target those that are more intelligent. Um, even in Cambodia, they went after people that either didn't have calluses on their hands or had gl- had glasses because to have even to wear glasses, they viewed that as uh, a a distinction, a social distinction of someone that uh, was more learned, wow. you know, either professor or, you know, someone that read books, you know, more than worked with their hands, you know. Mm-hmm. So everyone to enforce a radical equality, everyone, you know, had to be the same. Um, you could even be killed. You could mm-hmm. even be killed for that. So to uh, move backwards to talk about family again, the about uh, men, for instance, uh, what is up with men today? Like, how, why why is there such a, a culture of uh, men who don't want to stand up for anything? Who say, "Oh, it's their body, their choice." Who say, um, "I don't want to. Uh, I, I don't. Want, I just want to just live my life and do my thing." Why don't we have men that are standing up and defending the faith and defending our culture? Yeah, I mean, there's so much. There's so much that are so many things in society that are attacking men. It's hard to say one thing in general, but I know, I mean, Hollywood, the Hollywood culture, the, uh, the idea that Hollywood gives out of a man, yeah, I think has a lot to do with destroying, um, man's, uh, men in society, destroying their desire to stand up for, for the right to do, to do, to practice religion. Um, cause you know, the Hollywood culture that for them, man is Rambo, you know, yeah, macho, macho mm-hmm. bad mouth, uh, impure, unfaithful, um, so, uh, and, and that's promoted, that's promoted on movies, TVs. That's cool. You know, that's the, mm-hmm. and it's not, that's, it's actually the opposite yeah. of true manliness. But yeah. The, the devil is very, very clever because, so that's the, that's the Hollywood notion of man. And then, uh, Adrian, I don't know if you agree, but sometimes, oftentimes in the, in the churches, when you do see men, sometimes I'm not saying all the time, but there's this idea that if you're going to be religious, then somehow. You have to be like kind of syrupy, You're pious. Uh, it's like well, uh, not bad. Well, pious yeah. is a good thing. Sentimental, sentimental, sentimental. sugary, sweet, mm. crooked neck. You know, and uh, feminine. So somehow you, yeah, yeah unfortunately, some uh, effeminate. Yeah. So there's this there's this lie out there of the devil that's he's been very clever in passing this idea along right, to yeah. to men. Yeah. Uh, so we were we were just at the abortion mill, and uh, we were out there praying the rosary. And there was a, a group uh, that came from someplace uh, around Houston, and they were praying. There was one man and like nine girls, <laughs> and, and and this young man. Uh, so he's there with all these girls, and they're there praying the rosary, doing their best. But you could tell. So they have this idea that if you're going to pray the rosary, you have to be huddled in a circle. You have to have your heads bowed, and you have to pray really quietly. Really quiet. Don't want anybody to hear. Yes. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, men and women are different. Mm-hmm. Men, we like. Uh, strong. We like challenges. Challenge. We like things that are strong. We like things that are categorical. And so uh, the Catholic faith is 
impressively suitable for men. Mm-hmm. Because you think of when our Lord was challenging the Pharisees. You know, he was challenging them in the temples. When our Lord was whipping the money changers in the temple. Our Lord, you know, our Lord was, he was the, the sum of manliness. Mm-hmm. Our Lord embodies infinitely all the virtues of manhood. And so men, they want to see manliness. And so we need to reconquer uh, the ideal of the Catholic man. And that's actually part of what our founder, Professor Plino, that's part of what he wanted the TFP to do was to was to to uh, refute this this uh, demonic uh, false idea of, of manhood and, and to and to reconquer uh, the ideal of the Catholic man, which we take uh, as a model, the knight, the Catholic knight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it seems like we have like two radically um polar opposites of right. ideas of men. We have like Rambo and then we have like what? Pee Wee Herman. Um, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> well, how you, how you yeah, classify exactly. it. Um, uh-huh. But isn't that interesting? They, they, uh, they create a problem false and then they give a false alternative, the false mm-hmm. solution. Mm. Yeah. And then we have what? So the, yeah. And, and, uh, and so we have this idea of like toxic masculinity. What the heck right. is <laughs> toxic, toxic exactly, masculinity? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was very tricky. Yeah, exactly. And so people were like, and like, oh, if you don't support toxic, ma- uh, you support toxic masculinity. You think that? And it's like, um, it's like, what? What do you mean? What? What do you mean by toxic right. masculinity? Can you define mm-hmm. that. If you're saying that, do I support men raping women? Of course not. Of course, I don't support yeah. men yeah. raping women. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea that a man shouldn't be able to stand up and shouldn't have an, a a uh, voice, mm-hmm. right? Um, what is that? Like, I I see constantly and just everywhere you go, whether it's religious or not, um. It is always women that are leading everything and men, uh, if they're even there, are just another uh, person that doesn't help out, doesn't assist anything. I was listening to this podcast. um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's uh, it's from Ascension Presents. And, you know, they're they're good, solid Catholics, um, not exactly the most traditional, but they're good, solid, uh, orthodox. And one of the guys was like, he was like, um, he goes, I don't mean to sound misogynistic, but I was at a um, parish council meeting the other day. Um, or a diocesan meeting the other day and the bishop was there and a bunch of priests were there. Mm-hmm. And instead of the bishop leading the prayer, mm-hmm. one of the ladies got up and started leading the prayer oh, to oh, open wow. and close. Oh, oh, and he was like, and I'm not a bishop, misogynist or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The bishop was there. He was like, I'm not a misogynist or anything, but mm-hmm. I don't think she should have been leading the prayer. Yeah. And so uh, even, uh, even the people who are like, mm-hmm. um, not very traditional and just like, um, like kind of like that, even they realize there's something wrong here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with misogyny. I mean, right, that's, exactly. that's kind of to excuse. Oh, I'll try to excuse himself maybe, but of, of being accused, you know, mm-hmm. but no, it's just, mm-hmm. it's very, it's very reasonable. It's very, that of course, especially in that, in that case of the Bishop being present, why wouldn't the, why wouldn't the Bishop lead the opening prayer? Mm-hmm. Right. right. Mm-hmm. This is very interesting. Uh, Adrian, uh, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if, uh, if you were going to uh, want to talk about this a little bit more, but, we see something. There's, there's kind of, there's some uh, things that, that we've been talking about. So we see this talk, tos- toxic masculinity, a woman wanting to lead the prayer, not the bishop. Uh, we also see the uh, the whole question of uh, <clears throat> uh, communism, right? You know, mm-hmm. trying to pit classes against one another. And I think um, it's a good opportunity to mention something that's very, very fundamental. And the outlook of our founder, Professor Plinio Correa de Oliveira, is the founder of the TFP. And so for him and, and his outlook on the crisis that we're in right now, he calls it a revolution. What we're facing is a revolution. But not only is it just any revolution, you know, like some type of coup d'etat or whatever. No, this is a revolution with the capital R, inspired by the devil. It's a historical process that began with the downfall of the Middle Ages. And 
It's something that is revolting against the order of God as such. So we're, he's talking about order. So on the cover of his of his uh, of one of his uh, uh, masterpieces, uh, Revolution and Counter Revolution. It's a book I highly recommend anybody to read it. It's kind of like one of the bedside books of the TFP members, Professor Plinio. On the cover, you can already see, he says, if the revolution is disorder, the counter-revolution, so we are the counter-revolution, is the restoration of order. Hmm. So we see that we need to restore an order that has been overthrown. And this whole thing of like, for example, the woman leading the prayer, not the bishop, that is a disorder. Why? Because the bishop, he is a direct descendant, spiritual descendant of the apostles. He is a prince of the church. He has the power to teach, to govern, and to sanctify. No, mm. he's as as one of the prince. He's he's a prince of the church, uh, direct descendant of one of the apostles, and so it's fitting that he lead the prayer. That's according to the order of things. Mm-hmm. And so the feminist movement we see is motivated by a desire to overthrow an order that's established by God. So in other words, we see type of envy. We see a uh, a a dis a dislike for an established order of God, which is beautiful. What God does is beautiful, and God created the universe hierarchically. Uh, even Our Lady, Queen of the Angels and Men, was not a you know she was not a bishop. No, she didn't have right. the power she of order. Not a fem- exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. she obeyed Saint Joseph. That's yes. right. Mm-hmm. She did not have the power of order. She could not give absolution and confession, and she could not do the transubstantiation at Mass. That's right. And that's that's beautiful. Uh, what God does is beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so this uh, this this equality, this leveling of the revolutionary process, uh, is something that's very nefarious, and it's 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 kind of like a common denominator for a lot of the evils that we see in society today. Whether it's the transgender movement, whether it's the ecological movement, uh, which they try to make man and nature on the same level. Mm-hmm. So uh, the cry of the earth. No, we've heard a little right. bit about that exactly. lately. Uh huh. Yeah, the uh, the whole environmental movie. That's another really good topic to talk about, real quick. The uh, whole uh, idea that we need to bow down to the environment, mm-hmm. and that we need to confess our ecological sins. MSNBC had their uh, their climate confessionals, where you could confess your climate sins. Um, the these kind of things that are popping up. So all of a sudden, they believe in sin, right? right. Raul, they mentioned uh-huh. sin, confession, you know. Yeah, it's very interesting to see like, um, how uh, how like we're supposed to serve the environment. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. How does that work? Disorder. That's a total disorder. Exactly. Like the environment is there for us. We are stewards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's totally fine mm-hmm. to say um, like here. Here's the way that I see um, the evil one distorting things because yes, it's true we should take care of the environment, but to what end? Mm-hmm. We should take care of the environment for the procreation of human life right. to uh, further the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So not, not to the detriment of humanity, right? But that's what they want to do. Like mm-hmm. we sacrifice our babies, population right. control, mm-hmm. exactly. Right. Yeah. Population control. That's another good one. Um, that a whole good, idea. I think a good use of the environment is like you look at these beautiful cathedrals in uh, Europe, Notre Dame, oh, magnificent, uh, Chartres Cathedral. Wow, you know they. They went to the earth and they started, you know, digging up Creed. the earth. Uh, Form stone. <laughs> and, and, and so they took something uh, that's an inanimate. It's not a life. It doesn't, it's not a, uh, a being in the sense of like, a, it's not like a man is. Uh, no, it's part of the nature to be subdued that God gave us the command to do. So you're taking something of the earth and you're making it beautiful for man to go in there and to worship God. Mm-hmm. That's a very wonderful use of the environment. It's great. I, uh, you know, I think... Uh, Absolutely. No. And that, and that requires intelligence that requires an immense gift 
Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's incredible, especially at the time. Like talking about oh, Notre yeah. Dame, like mm-hmm. at the time period, you had people like, literally there moving the rocks. You didn't have like these cranes grabbing oh, yeah. a bunch yeah. of earth mm-hmm. and moving it. You were mm-hmm. there, hands in the dirt mm-hmm. and moving things. And that's a and Notre Dame is a perfect example mm-hmm. because uh, I don't know if y'all seen one of the um the ideas that they had for oh, rebuilding man. it. Um, where they put up this new plan where they would have uh the um, top of the church glass, so it was like a greenhouse oh, right oh, there, yeah. and but it still Horrible. has has the face of Notre Dame. Horrible. And I think like, that's a perfect example mm-hmm. of um of the of the modern church nowadays. Mm-hmm. Right. You have the, the mm-hmm. face of Catholicism, mm-hmm. but whenever you look in it inside, you have uh the ecological ideas mm-hmm. and all this um. um leftist ideas that are being mm-hmm. shoved into the church mm-hmm. with a face with a facade mm-hmm. of catholicism mm-hmm. yeah. um, absolutely you know another good use of the environment is uh is like uh you think of those beautiful medieval manuscripts how many sheep did they have to kill to use the the parchment you know <laughs> to be able to make those beautiful medieval manuscripts mm, right, uh, right. Tr- uh paper wow wonderful we have you know, imagine you can have a douay reams bible how many trees did it take to make that Douay Reams Bible marvelous? What a what a noble end to a tree. Yes. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, the trees never had it so good. That, uh, that, that was way more elegant than I, what I was going to say. I was going to say I was uh, thinking about a steak. Uh, oh, being yeah. juicy. That should be the top of the list. <laughs> Texas barbecue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, the, but the, you, the Douay Reims is much, uh, much higher end. Uh, right, than uh, um, but what a what an honor for those like Mr. Cecil was saying those uh, those sheep that you know they use the hide to make these beautiful illuminated manuscripts mm. that date all the way back you know a thousand years ago. We still have them today, so it's a, it's in honor of of God's creation that God gave us this to to be used for mm-hmm. that end for that purpose. Yeah. And man is superior to uh, the the earth. Yes. And our Lord Jesus Christ did not die on the cross to redeem a tree or to redeem a, a rock. Mm-hmm. No, our Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross to redeem man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was really interesting about talking about like what a glorious end for uh, a sheep or what a glorious end for a tree to be turned into paper that are being used for the Bible to be printed um, all these great manuscripts. Um, that's very interesting to say that because I don't remember where I heard this. But someone had read to me a children's story, a Christian children's story. I think it sounds Catholic. I'm pretty sure it's Catholic. Um, but he basically it was a story. The story was there were these three trees that are that and they were hoping to become something great, like a treasure chest and this, that and the other. And then uh, after they were all three of them were chopped down, one gets turned into a trough. Um, uh, another one gets I, turned I in, uh, yeah and then um and the the third one is just like sticks of wood and it gets thrown <laughs> to the side and that that uh trough they clear it out and they lay a baby into it and they're like who is this baby and it's jesus wow. and they're like oh my gosh like what a great wow. end for a for a tree <laughs> and then they, this wood that got cast aside and into just like spare wood right. um, it became the cross mm-hmm. in which jesus dragged over and his blood ran down what a glorious end for a marvelous. tree marvelous yeah. it's marvelous yeah very interesting and i was like that that has to be catholic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow yeah it's wow. like when you think about it that way like think about what is the end of mm-hmm. all things the right. end of all things is to glorify god yeah. to know to serve to love god in this life and to be happy with him in the next for humans right. and then everything else to serve that end mm-hmm. absolutely that that's what's really lacking in our society today is the virtue of wisdom Mm. Uh, wisdom is that virtue which orders all things according to their final end and our society is profoundly uh, I don't know if you can say that profoundly lacking in wisdom and it's actually one of the things that St. Louis de Montfort in his treatise on the true devotion to Mary 
Highly recommended for all Catholics to read and to learn more about the devotion to Our Lady. He talks about a time, uh, he calls it the Age of Mary. Uh, so St. Louis de Montfort, his thesis is very interesting. He says, Jesus Christ is not known. Why? Because Mary is not known. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. So he that's his angle. Jesus Christ is not known as he should be because Mary is not known. So the more we know about Our Lady, the more we're going to know about our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, there will come a time, this age of Mary, when the Holy Ghost, seeing Mary so entrenched in souls, uh, he is the inseparable spouse of Our Lady, right? The Holy Spirit is the inseparable spouse of Our Lady. So seeing Our Lady so entrenched in souls, he will, he will come down into these souls with all of his gifts, especially the gift of wisdom. So the age of Mary will be like the age of wisdom. It's going to be, uh, I mean, he doesn't say that, but I mean, right. you can kind of, it's, uh, you can deduce that. And Our Lady is what, but the seed of wisdom. That's, That's right. right. She's the seed of wisdom. It's mm. very interesting. Yeah. The, the whole idea of Our, Our Lady and our, she as a person, um, I feel like it's, it's kind of been lost in a lot of places. It's making a great resurgence in the last few years, but I know, um, I was talking to, I forgot, I was talking to a priest, an older priest. He told me that um, in seminary that they were discouraged from praying the rosary. Wow. And I was like, wow. Yeah, what a that's cruelty. crazy. Yeah, that's wow. like, uh, what a cruelty. What a, wow, that's horrible. I know. I was wow. like that. I was, I was in disbelief. Mm-hmm. I was like, I literally did not believe him. And he had to, mm-hmm. he was like, no, no, this is literally what happened. Wow. People would discourage devotion to Our Lady. Wow. Um, in a sem- in a seminary in this in a seminary of all places of all places um mm. so this idea um of our lady in this person the person of our lady not the idea of her that she is an actual person um how does she in relation to the tfp oh our our founder professor plinio he was ardently marian uh and in fact a big turning point in his life uh was when he he did a novena to saint Teresa of the little flower uh asking for some help and uh, especially he was looking for a book that would help him to advance in his spiritual life. And he, uh, when he completed the novena, he found uh, the treatise on true devotion to Our Lady. Wow. And he said for him that was a turning point of his life. And he studied that book like a, a military officer would study a war manual. He, he said that reading that book, that book was like a nuclear bomb that does not destroy, but that uh, but that restores. Wow. So that's how he referred huh. to the treatise of and, True Devotion. And just so people know, True Devotion is not a difficult read. Mm-hmm. Anybody can read it. You can mm-hmm. read it right now. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, and yes, just like they said, it, it's a, it's so, you can read it at any stage of your life and you'll get something new out of it every single time you read it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Highly mm-hmm. recommend. St. Louis de Montfort, he, um, he, he talks about this um, actually about how some people are too afraid of giving importance or de- showing devotion to Our Lady. They think that it takes away from showing devotion for our Lord. But um, but he says this is a it's a it's a false idea. It's a wrong idea because no one can give more importance or show more devotion to the to the Blessed Mother than her son. Mm-hmm. So if you think that you're going to outdo our Lord in giving reverence to uh, the Holy Mother, then you've, 
You couldn't be more mistaken. Yeah, your competition is God. Yes. <laughs> so in that, in that sense, it's mm-hmm. uh, you can be a good competitor, right? Mm-hmm. Because our Lord will will only be more pleased mm-hmm. uh, by by those that honor and revere His mother. Yeah. The it's a, I was uh, once thinking about that and the idea of like pieces of the pie. It's like, oh, you gave Mary like sixty percent of your devotion, and so now you only have forty uh, percent left that's for so Jesus. Prag- oh, that's so oh, pragmatic. Yeah. That's it's like, it's like yeah. That's like that's it, not yeah. That's wrong. Just like, mm-hmm. just like if um if my mom decided that she was going to love my dad one hundred percent, that doesn't mean that she doesn't love right. me and my siblings yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, that's that's just completely uh-huh. wrong. Um, and it's in it's in loving uh, my parents loving each other that they can love us more, mm-hmm. and it's in us loving our parents mm-hmm. that we can love each other more. Right. Um, yeah. It's not that's a, a it's not a it's not a zero sum mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very utility. I don't know. It's like very pragmatic. Very <laughs> According to that logic, if you knew a hundred people that you loved. Then each Ooh. one only gets one percent. That's true. You don't love nah, them equally. You, yeah, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the great thing about love, isn't it? Like uh, that's the thing that you can uh, in giving love mm-hmm. that you receive it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas everything else in the world, you have to you hoard it, and the more you hoard it, mm-hmm. um, the more you have. Whereas for love, the, the more you hoard it, the less you have, mm-hmm. and it right. just keeps going down. Right. I forget who it says. I think it was Francis de Sales who said, um, "If you're not uh, growing in your spiritual life, you're um, you're shrinking in your spiritual life. Mm-hmm. There is no stagnation. There's no plateau yes. in the spiritual mm-hmm. life." Yeah. Speaking about love, it's very interesting because Our Lady Saint Louis de Montfort says in the True Devotion, "If you were to get the love of all the mothers uh, of the world, and you were to condense that love uh, f- uh, for one mother." And that mother show that love to one son, that would not equal the love that Our Lady has for each and every one of us. Wow. <laughs> so, and, and that's important. So when each person sincerely thinks about how much their own mother loves them, and they think, wow, well, that's just the love of one mother. Mm. Wow. So in other words, Our Lady, her love for each one of us is more than all the mothers put together. Wow. So we should have great confidence in going to Our Lady. And this is, <clears> uh, this is one of the beautiful things about the Fatima visits is that we, uh, when you bring the statue of Our Lady Fatima to a home, uh, it's like Our Lady, she does, uh, she's doing her own apostolate. Mm. Uh, and so people, we've had people who just looking at the statue, they receive a grace and they, uh, they go to confession after many years. Mm. Uh, they were, or they resolve to pray the rosary every day. So Our Lady, we have to keep in mind that she's going after each and every one of us. Our Lady, the zeal that she has for each of our souls should inspire us to go to Our Lady. Uh, to you know, to obtain for us the graces that we need uh, of courage, you know, to face the mob, of perseverance, to mm-hmm. hang in there practicing a certain virtue like purity, or um, or or prudence, you know, the virtue that we need so much to, you know, to maintain our spiritual lives in this world fraught with dangers. No, so we need to grow ever more in our devotion to Our Lady. Mm. And in fact, in that line, I remember there was a famous thing. Uh, our founder. Uh, in a lighter moment, uh, but something very at the same time profound. He said, if uh, St. Louis de Montfort, if uh, if I were to ever give advice to St. Louis de Montfort, it would be, may you have more devotion to Our Lady. That's good. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Um, speaking of love. All righty. I hope you enjoyed this part one of uh, a two-part episode on the TFP student action. Um, Please share this episode if you think that you know someone that would get something out of it or uh, share this with someone that you may think that they need to learn something from it. 
Uh, if you enjoyed it, follow, uh, share it with someone so you can talk to someone about it. Uh, you can also follow me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, at F-F-O-N-Z-E, um, Adrian Fonseca on Facebook. Uh, you can um, email me at FonsecaProduction at gmail.com for any questions, comments, or concerns, soapboxes, negativities, positivities, or anything in between at FonsecaProduction at gmail.com. That's F-O-N-S-E-C-A production at gmail.com. Um, subscribe and so that way you can get an episode every single week. Um, and we will be talking about other things. Um, we're going to be going over the Baltimore catechism after I'm done with this two part episode with the TFP. And if you, uh, and of course, uh, I will close out with a Ave Maria as usual in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. Ave Maria gratia plena Dominus tecum benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri et Filio Spiritui Sancto, sicur erat in principio, nunc et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, Amen.